Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Demolition Man, the sci-fi film starring Sylvester Stallone, Sandra Bullock and Wesley Snipes. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and this is like like quintessential 90s sci-fi action film for me. Uh, you've got big name star Sylvester Stallone, who, you know, we've already covered Judge Dredd and things of that nature, but he he could do no wrong at the time. You've got Wesley Snipes, um, who was also huge at the time, having done things like Passenger 57. Uh, I think he'd already done that film with Sean Connery, where it's like a, an investigation um, in San Francisco. But yeah, he was, a, he was, he was kind of blowing up at the time with some of his other action roles has, wasn't blade yet, but that was coming. Um, and this is, this is a pre speed Sandra Bullock. This is before she really blew up. Um, yeah, no, that's it's interesting that you brought up speed already because at the time, this was going to be the film that was going to blow her up. Like everybody was going to know Sandra Bullock because of this film, but it wasn't until her next film, Speed, that that's when she became a household name but most people thought it was this movie was Sylvester Stallone and as you say he was massive when this film yeah. came out he really was massive 1993 and we should say 30th anniversary of this movie so for us to do a review the timing is perfect sounds like comics DC comics back in the 90s put out a movie adaption so there you go. It's all coming together. We've talked Stallone, whether it be Expendables, Judge Dredd. We're both fans. We've we've talked yeah. about him before, how much we like him and his work. But there's something about this movie. You know, you've got the, it was like the Joel Silver action era. You know, he was producing Lethal Weapon films produced this movie, we get a Lethal Weapon 3 poster in Sandra Bullock's character's yeah. office, which is which is really cool. But it was of that time, wasn't it, of 90s action films. So what this film did, what was different, it had the majority of the movie take place in the year 2032, but we had a modern criminal, a modern cop in the future. And in the future, you know, the police force had softened a little bit, reliance on technology. So I just love the whole concept of having Sergeant John Spartan being thawed out in the future, tracking down Simon Phoenix, who is a psycho killer. It's just, I love it. Like the, the setup is all there. And then you've got, the seashells do we really <laughs> know how they work it's just it's a lot of fun like the equivalent of a swear jar whenever you swear in the police station you get a ticket and then you know because of the seashells 
you know, Spartan is purposely swearing because there's no toilet paper. It's, yeah. It takes a handful of tickets to the toilet yeah. room. Oh, man, I, I'm i going to say this early. I love this film. I really do. So do I. And obviously, so I. watched it again in preparation for this. The last time I watched it, probably the same time last year. It's not too <laughs> long ago, but I wanted to I wanted to go in fresh. It's just it's really fun. Like and just the name of the movie, Demolition Man. You've got Stallone playing that role. It's just it's so much fun. Yeah. Also, this is it was this film. Uh Wesley Snipes actually hated his bleach blonde hair, but it was this film specifically which influenced Dennis Rodman to start bleaching his hair. That's in right. The NBA. <laughs> um, I did read that. That's um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many things happening at the time. You have um, their perception of a future LA is like far worse for crime, and it's basically uh, New York from Escape from New York. It's like so crime-ridden and out of control, uh, and they jump to a time where they're like this will be enough time for everything to kind of sort itself out and it's almost clairvoyant in some of the ways it portrays the culture of anything that is has been deemed bad for you is being outlawed and we get it's not that bad in real life but there's the perception of like they're taking away all the things i grew up on like men can't be men men can't be madly it will talk about woke culture and the like the softness that it brings. And that's this movie's future turned up to like 13. It's and it's done in an intelligent way. They they kind of lay out like whilst they've both been fro- cryogenically frozen for their crimes, a humane punishment for people uh when they get when they're uh initially imprisoned for the crimes phoenix for being a psychopath killer and his having set up uh spartan as if he's culpable in the killing of 30 uh, hostages even though we find out later on that they were dead the whole time but that's that's, I why know, he, but... that's a great twist no it and is you know, a great like, twist oh, the hell laughing like but at the same because... time did they not think maybe phoenix killed the hostages already like they didn't have that thought back in the day but i guess like you say he does have that great twist at the end yeah and you find out that spartan was innocent all along yeah um but also they talk about you know there was a major earthquake that hit um la in the 2010s and they kind of had to rebuild from scratch which helps them to build their like idealized society but before even that happened yeah there was like you know in the time this was made in the early 90s aids was out and everyone was terrified that it was going to kill us all like ebola or something and they go on like where the the further like slipping of society and society societal standards led to an even worse thing than aids that was sexually transmitted which led to another thing after that and you know here in 2023 we've lived through a global pandemic so we have kind of a little idea of how people would respond to such a thing because we all panicked initially in 2020 of like oh crap is what's this 
well, how's this going to work out? And, you know, get people locked down and depending and on where we were. And here, and here in WA, it turned into like a nothing thing. It was just like living our lives as normal. But for the most part, the rest of the world. But then, you know, COVID still on occasion, you know, rears its head. But what we didn't have to live through, though, was the fast food wars. Which ultimately, yes. <laughs> in this movie, Taco Bell won. So every fast food restaurant in the future is Taco Bell Every only. restaurant. Because every there's restaurant. only one every... Yeah. This is funny. This is actually... I'm so glad. I uh, I rented this. Actually, I bought this on Apple uh, because Apple have the highest streaming quality. It was $2.99 to rent, but only wow, $4.99 to buy. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm buying it so I can watch it whenever I want. They have the highest streaming quality. Um, and this was always the thing that annoyed me. I watched this in the cinema as a kid. I'm pretty sure. Uh, if not, I definitely watched it as a new release when it came out on VHS. And it was always Taco Bell. But then when I started seeing it on TV, uh, somewhat edited on TV, they kept saying Pizza Hut. I did was hear that. The winner of the franchises. I've so heard, I did research. Yes. And I'm like, what was going on? Why did they change it? Uh, it turns out that in uh, areas where Taco Bell didn't exist, so you're talking large areas of Europe and Asia, and one of them, Australia, because Taco Bell wasn't a franchise here, they altered it and muted it uh, for our areas to be Pizza Hut. Which does... Makes sense. We never had Taco Bell in the UK. I'm not sure if we've got it now since moving here, because now living in Australia, in Perth, we do have Taco Bell. I've still yeah. never been, but we yeah. we have it. So we, that's cool. You know, it wouldn't yeah. be the the takeaway wars in Demolition Man. Yeah. Yeah. In celebration yeah, it was this thing. of this movie, 30th anniversary, maybe I will yeah. for the first time go to Taco Bell before the year's yeah. out. Yeah, but yeah, it was this thing of like, as a kid, I remember it being Taco Bell, and then every time it came on TV, they kept saying Pizza Hut. I'm like, stop lying to me. I know it's supposed to be Taco Bell. Like, for crying out loud, we don't have coleslaw <laughs> at, <laughs> at Pizza Hut. Why are you pushing this on me? So uh, I, I watched it on DVD. I have yeah. my Region 2 DVD from the UK. Because I think I've said before on the podcast, when moving to Australia, I called my DVD collection. I went from having thousands to hundreds of DVDs, and I had to be brutal with what I was going to keep. Demolition Man moved to Australia with me. That's <laughs> how much I like this movie. So you watched it 4K. I watched it yeah. DVD quality. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, I love it to death. There's so many things. I like. I looked up. I want to know what the deal with the three seashells was. Turns out when one of the writers came on later, um, and though he's not credited, they want the you know they're going to have the scene where he was going to go to the toilet or whatever, and like we want to add something technological, like surely in the next you know thirty years or whatever, there's going to be some advancement that our technology to make it more convenient as you would expect. Um, duvets apparently never crossed their mind. So he was on the phone to his friend going, I've got nothing. Can you think of anything? And he goes, oh, mate, I'm actually at the party right now. I'm in the bathroom. 
only thing I can see right now is there's like a bag of seashells as like a decorative <laughs> feature. Yeah, yeah. And that he goes, I'll I'll do something with that. And so that was it. Yeah. Seashells never came up with the reasoning for it, never any uh, logic of like what they are or what they do. That was just purely in like a, I need something. Oh, there's some seashells here as decorative. Oh, seashells, perfect. I'll take it. Uh and I'll work, yeah. But yeah, there's no reasoning for it. It was just uh I needed something. One so of the makes me laugh. <laughs> one of the last lines spoken in the film by Spartan is about the seashells. Like, still yeah. not understanding the seashells, which is a great. Yeah, how do the seashells work? It's a great button for the for the end of the movie. Ah, oh, there's just there's so much to enjoy. It is one of those where I could always remember watching it. You know, it's one of those films where you can't remember a time when you you hadn't seen. Demolition Man. I mean, not as a little kid, obviously, I wouldn't have watched it then. But like teens onwards, you know, it's a film that I've always watched, always enjoyed. So I always find it interesting that looking at Rotten Tomatoes, places like that. What are other people saying? I mean, this film, it was released to mixed reviews from critics. It did go on to earn 159 million worldwide and was considered a successful film for Stallone. And that was on a budget of anywhere between 45 and 77 million. I guess if you're factoring in marketing, jump into Rotten Tomatoes, 62%. I mean, that is way lower than what I would give it. But I think anything above 60% for an action movie from 93. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good percentage. Still, again, lower than than what I give it. Yeah, uh, and they have so many uh, smart things. Like, um, they have self driving cars. The cars are electric. It's the future. They have yeah. yeah um, the police use a kind of stun weapon, an electric stun weapon. We, you know, there are tasers that we're aware of, but they had this. They call it like an electro wand or something, whereas like it just they touch it to someone's head and it like knocks them out. Which Spartan, huh? It works. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> on some poor stand, like bystander, just walking walking by somebody. Yeah, yeah. Uh. But there's so many great things. One of the opening lines for Stallone is "Send a maniac to catch a maniac," and he repeats it again, like for it's, the finale when he's on his it's way. It's amazing. In. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, that is the elevator pitch for this movie. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but also, the, the one that always stood out to me, I remember, and every time it comes on, I'm always like, ah, in anticipation. And he says it, I'm like, ah, he said the line is, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so, so good. It's so it's good. It's so great. I don't want to um, do it yet. I don't want to do it yet. But when we get to Sandra Bullock as Huxley, I've got a couple of quotes that. I, I, yeah. they're, they're amazing let's just talk a little bit about the director because again I've seen this movie so many times but I always watch something differently whenever we're doing it for the podcast like you're watching it through a different lens you're taking yeah. notes there's things you want to watch out for so for the first time ever directed by Marco Brambilia I'm like huh I don't know that guy I, I don't reckon I mean I've seen this film Lots of times, and I don't recognize his name at all. In 93, of course, he did Demolition Man. In 97, he did Excess Baggage, a film starring... Oh, yeah? 
Alicia Silverstone, Benicio del Benicio Toro, del Toro Christopher, Christopher Walken. Upon its release, the film was a critical and commercial failure. And then five years later, he did the Dinotopian mini series, which was a co-production oh, yeah. with Disney. And then nothing. Huh. Disappeared. That's... I think he's got a different line of work outside of directing movies. But if we're just looking at his filmography, they're the main things that I could take away. Starting with Demolition Man. That was like the first big thing that he did. And, and again, like, I mean, we clearly love this movie, but yeah, it's just really surprising that on the back of this film alone, it could have gone to do bigger and better things. I mean, between 93 and 97, having a film that was deemed a critical commercial failure, I guess that would would hurt things. Well, yeah, but yeah, this nothing, was a success. Absolutely. But nothing recently recently from him but you know Stallone we talked about him already John Spartan uh, Stallone is on record as being pleased with the movie calling it a good action film ahead of its time I agree apart from the good part I would say a great action film ahead of its time yeah Um, yeah, Wesley Snipes is incredible in this role it really is Um, because Everything I'd seen him in before this, he was the main star. He was the hero. So I think around I think around this time he must have done Drop Zone. I think I must have watched Drop Zone right before this. Um, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's he around was, this time. He was the baby face. They do incredible things. Not only is it the bleach blonde hair on his against his dark skin, but also he's got the uh, different color eyes: a blue eye and a brown eye, like um, David Bowie. Uh, David Bowie, which and his. He's so like energetic and over the top. His line delivery, the lines he says, he's such a psychopath. Um, he enjoys hurting people. You know, he's offensive to be around. His clothes are loud. You know, he gets out of prison. The first thing he wears is like uh, denim overalls with bright orange shirt that makes him stand out even further against everyone else. And you know, he's, you see him later on, he's kind of wearing a Mad Max thing. Like, it looks like armor made kind of out of like old car tires. Well, and he's... that's exactly what it was made out of. <laughs> His shoulder pads were made out of tire treads and other car parts. That's the, yeah. that's the outfit he was wearing. Yeah, everything about this character is loud. Yeah. And, and that's it. And you can't imagine anybody else playing Simon Phoenix, but... Snipes wasn't Stallone's first pick. Stallone wanted Jackie Chan, which would yeah. have been a different thing altogether. I mean, this is before Rush Hour Jackie Chan, before we got yeah. all the American movies. So it would have been a very, very different thing. I mean, Chan declined the offer. Since Asian audiences give negative feedback on the idea of action stars from either Hong Kong or Hollywood, who have always played heroes, would all of a sudden become typecast as villains. So he didn't want to do it for that reason. But I love Jackie Chan. Don't get me wrong. Where's the Snipes and Simon Phoenix? They're, they're peaked. Like the, there's no, yeah. there's no bettering it. He is so bloody good in this role. And I didn't realize this right. So and, and again, watching it again for the review. 
So when Snipes kicks and punches, sometimes they look lurky and awkward. Right. So, yeah. And again, just doing prep for this, you know, I didn't pick up on it all the times that I'd watched it. The reason why, so Snipes is an accomplished black belt in real life, and his kicks and punches were so fast, they blurred on camera. Hence, the producers <laughs> asked him to slow them down. So that's why it looks a little bit awkward at times, because I guess too good. To Bruce Lee, just too good just too yeah. quick for for the camera. It was so fun seeing these guys get back together in The Expendables 3. Yeah, yeah was, it really was. And, and there's, there's that gag in that movie, what was you in prison for? And Snipes goes, tax evasion. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, we have, of course, uh, Sandra Bullock in her... What her biggest role to date? Because it was actually right after this I read she she while they were kind of doing the press tour, she'd been offered speed, and <laughs> funnily enough, Roy Schneider said, "Oh, that sounds terrible. Don't do it." That bus movie, was yeah, big, that's it. Turns into that's the it. biggest hit of the next year. But yeah, it's uh, which I find fascinating. But her in this. She actually wasn't uh, initially cast. They'd cast someone else who they'd been shooting with for a few days and decided she wasn't working, and then they brought on Sandra Bullock to replace her. Well, it was Laurie Petty, wasn't it, who did Tank Girl? Oh, yeah, that's who it was, yeah. And it wasn't working. And I'm sure before when you said Roy Schneider, you was referring to Rob Schneider. Juice yes, Bigelow, yeah. Mel Gigolo. But, yeah, but it, yeah it's not so... the Jaws guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's so funny because, yeah, they did develop a, a friendship, you know, what's filming this movie. And then just the fact that Schneider is just referring to it as some boss movie, you know, yeah. <laughs> it ended up being Speed, which was one of the year's most critically and financially successful movies. And, oh, man, I love Speed. No comic book, though, so no review coming soon. There's no speed comic book. But that film is a solid film for me. I love it so much. All right, then, so Huxley, she's got a few quotes in this movie (laughs) which always, always make me laugh. Uh, One of them is, he's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. (laughs) Spartan, that's met his match and kicked his ass. It is so funny because it's not just any guy, it's Stallone. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to correct it. And there's another one, you know, it's not as good as that one, but looks like there's a new shepherd in town. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And Spartan gives her a look, that sheriff. You know, there's a couple of other examples in there, but that's that's the best one, though. He's finally matched his meat. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, the dress she's wearing when they go to Taco Bell uh, was made of all these little stones. And when I was watching, I read this trivia, and I was really looking at this dress, and it really is like river stones. Or when you go to like uh, those um, shops in like markets that sell incense and stuff, they always have like the gemstones and things. It's like a bunch of those sewn into like a silver dress that she's wearing at Taco Bell. It weighed 40 pounds. Oh, wow. Those were actual stones. 
So much so that after the fight, when she goes to like steps into a scene and she does the jump, it tears. So that's why suddenly she, she's got her arms down and she's not as animated and moving. Oh, right. Because the dress is going to fall off. It had to be repaired for the next scene. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah. Yeah. So th- she did that in one take because she tore the dress. Like amazing. Oh. Um, so many great things. She's fantastic. She's phenomenal. I mean- you're looking at the main cast in this film, Stallone, Snipes, Bullock. All three of them are absolutely fantastic. And then we've got Sir Nigel Hawthorne as Dr. Raymond Cocteau. So he's the big bad in this film. At the time, he was inexperienced in movies. He only took this role to prove that he had screen presence for the producers of The Madness of King George, Hawthorne wanted to reprise the stage role for the movie version. As it transpired, this was unnecessary as Hawthorne was the producer's automatic choice for the lead. So he went through this movie for nothing and it doesn't sound like he had the best time as apparently he didn't get along with either Stallone or Snipes. So not a great time for him, but he got to do the Magnus. Yeah. You got to do the madness but, of King George. Yeah. Anyway. Enhance your calm. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it though. It just works. Like, you know, again, these big characters, because this is, you know, it's quite cartoonish. I mean, the violence was meant to be a little tongue in cheek. It's over the top. So I think having somebody British grounded, I think it just helps having that in, in your villain. And then there's other characters in the background. We've got Benjamin Bratt as Garcia. Yeah. We get that bit yeah, in the they... car. He's singing yeah, all the jingles. The, uh... <laughs> the yeah, jingles. from the old from the old commercials. There's a gag there. And we've got Dennis Leary playing Edgar Dennis Friendly. Leary. He's playing Dennis Leary. I, mean, I, but, wanna, I want I mean, the freedom you... to run around in uh, yellow jello, <laughs> running around with a Playboy. Why? Just in case I ever get the feeling of wanting to do that. Like he's all about his freedom and he's like, yeah, oh, you know, right. yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm saying Edgar Friendly, but you are absolutely right. Dennis Leary as Dennis Leary. And that's why you couldn't cast anyone else because it's so Dennis Leary's comedy, especially at this time. Well, I did um, read originally it was going to be an older character. And when they cast him, they basically, and again, it's, it's the Joel Silver action movie of like casting a comedian and just having them do their thing and this was dennis leary's thing and and it sounds like he's on stage he's got a mic and he's doing his thing but it works though like it does work and fit within the film but if you were to ask dennis leary about this movie this is what he said in the past the giant piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I guess you know, he liked it at the time for what it was, but it's not something you know that he looks back on too fondly. I mean, we do get Jesse Ventura as Adam. He's a Cryocon ally. So, of course, Predator. That's where you think when you think yeah. uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, man, so good in the movie. But he's good in this. And then, yeah. Rob Schneider, he would later work with Stallone again in 
in Judge Dredd, but we've got him here. I mean, he gets to do more in Judge Dredd. I mean, he's apparently uncredited in this film, but you know, if you know Rob Schneider, you definitely recognize him in this movie. And you also yep. get the uh, the the, the warden. Yeah, you also get the warden of Shawshank Prison, uh, who's Bob Gunton playing Chief George Earl, who, like all the other cops in the future, is completely unprepared for Simon Phoenix because they don't have real criminals. They uh, the the thing we've already t- determined what he's going to do. He's going to uh, recruit gangs and start a drug lab. And he's like, he's not looking to go into business. He wants a gun. <laughs> and he's like, like, he's going to find one. And that's how they figure out where he's going at. But he's he's got great presence. I always feel like he has. He's one of those character actors who, when it comes to a level of authority, he's actually, ironically, he's playing one who's kind of bungling in this because he's so out of his depth. But he plays it well. He plays it convincingly. He and, does, yeah, yeah. And it's got um, it's got good good presence. And did you recognize Associate Bob, played by Glenn Shaddix, Beetlejuice yes, from Beetlejuice One Thousand Cent? That's uh, that's where my mind goes to for also, him. Also, Dunstan checks in. Oh, that's he a, was the re- hotel reviewer. <laughs> that's another film that he did. And uh, Jack Black had an early role as one of the Wasteland Scraps. No dialogue, but he's in a scene with Dennis Leary and Stallone. So that's um, yeah. That's when they're talking cool. next to the uh, Oldsmobile four four two. That's right. That's right. Like right you know, there. You know, mentioned the Expendables earlier. Barney Ross in that movie wears a black beret like John Spartan in this movie. So back when I first watched The Expendables, you're like, hey, Stallone looks like he did in Demolition Man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. black beret, tight black T-shirt. I love the the whole thing they do of like he's been given behavioral uh, modification and it makes him like a knitter. And later on in the movie, he gets injured and he's things torn over and she's like are you okay and he makes a line it's like it's a, i'll give me a needle thread i'll fix this in no time and he's like <laughs> did i just say that crap yeah because <laughs> he really hates that's how he's been programmed yeah. that's what his like their, their science says is like his good way of like calming him down it's just brilliant and he knits yeah. her a sweater in a night like that's yeah no I'm yeah i made this be that's uh that's cool you know i mentioned you know the fight scenes you know being somewhat cartoonish this movie has a body count of 72 so although the action may be cartoonish at times there's a lot of deaths a lot yeah. of deaths <laughs> in in this movie and the the score was composed by elliot goldenthal it was his second big Hollywood project after the Alien 3 score, and his work includes music for films such as Pet Cemetery, Michael Collins, Batman Forever, and Heat. Demolition Man is a song written by Sting and performed by Grace Jones as the A-side of a 1981 single. Sting's band The Police later released their rendition of the song on their album Ghost in the Machine. So it's that time in the 90s where movies had music videos. I do miss that. I do miss that. And I was looking at the the toy line that they had out at the time. 
the action figure of the Demolition Man in full armor is actually a repainted He-Man action figure. So there you go. <laughs> it was He-Man. Now it's Stallone. But there we go. We don't need to get too bogged down in the in the action figures. So if you're going to rate this movie out of five. I'm going to come in at five. I unabashedly love this film. It's pr- It's probably my favorite Stallone film. I don't think there's a single issue with it. Um, it's very of the time, but every time I sit down and watch it, I'm entertained from beginning to end. I never check my watch. Everyone's hitting it so well. The the society they build, everything. I just, I really can't get enough. I love this film so much. How about yourself? Same. Well, that's it. That's our review on Demolition Man. Now, I, it's a five out of five for me as well. I mean, I don't know if I can say it's my favourite Stallone film. It's definitely up there. But it it is a fantastic film. And the cast is perfect from Stallone, Snipes, Bullock, across the board. I love everything about this film. And you can't imagine anybody else playing those roles. No. It's just so much fun. So, again, 62% Rotten Tomatoes, 5 out of 5 on the podcast <laughs> well that's it for our episode all about demolition man if you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode you can find us on facebook as sounds like comics podcast you've been listening to luke and jay the guys from sounds like comics see you soon <laughs>